All right, so we're moving forward with our 2023 NFL Division Preview Series. This episode, we have the NFC North, and back to talk about the NFC North, our resident NFC North fan, Green Bay Packers fan, Brian McAfee. Welcome back. Thanks, Corey. Uh, I feel like I'm just being used because I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> no, just kidding. Definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, um, I will say that this is a unique recording experience for us because Brad and I are used to having guests in the Eastern time. Occasionally, we've had Central time. You're all the way out in Hawaii. <laughs> like it is 4:30 our time, 10:30 your time. We're in very different parts of our day, but you know we wanted to have you on, so we had to accommodate to make sure that it, it could work for all of us. Awesome! I'm recording from the beach right now. Yeah, oh, I can tell. Yeah, in, I can tell bedroom. from the background for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you'd like wear a layer or anything in the, the episode or like really highlight it. I actually almost but, wore a Packers Hawaiian shirt. I have it over oh, right next to me, but I don't have it on. Yeah, that's okay. You got the the Brett Favre jersey, so you know you got somebody out there, and uh, we will be talking about a new Packers quarterback than we've been used to when we've had you, but we'll hold off on them. Let's start with the team that won the NFC North last year. That is the Minnesota Vikings. And last season, the Vikings had one of the most entertaining regular seasons in recent memory, going 13-4. and I think they went 9-0 and in games, separated by seven or more points. Like, a lot of close finishes throughout the regular season. Great comebacks against the Bills and, of course, the Colts, an NFL historic comeback. But it all ended with them losing in the wildcard round at home to the New York Giants. Very disappointing finish to what some believed was maybe a team of destiny season. So after everything we saw out of the Vikings last season, what kind of belief do you guys have left in this team heading into 2023? I'm not as high on the Vikings entering this season compared to last year. Uh, I, I don't think they're a true Super Bowl contender. They, even though they did go 13-4 and four last year, they had a negative point differential, which is pretty amazing with that <laughs> kind of record. And, Corey, you were talking about the, the record in, uh, you know, seven or seven point or less games. Like They were 11-0 in one score games last year, which is just, just not sustainable. And, you know, their, de- their defense really got exposed last year. They gave up the second most passing yards and gave up – they were tied for third – and most points allowed in the entire league. And I I don't like their defense really at all. And I expect those trends to continue. Like outside of, we were talking about this even before we were recording, outside of guys like Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter and a couple other guys, like I, they're just way too many holes on that defense uh, to think they can really truly contend. I mean, looking at teams that contended and won, it's usually teams that have great offenses and teams that, you know, have defenses that are just good enough to win. Uh, when it comes to the Vikings, like their defense is just straight up bad to the point where it's just going to hold them back at some point, wh- whatever how lo- how far you guys think they can advance. And so, yeah, their defense is 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 just brutal. Like they added Brian Flores as their new defensive coordinator, and you know he's done really well as an assistant throughout the league, but. I I just even with that addition, like there are just too many holes in their defense to think that they can make any sort of impact positively. But with that being said, I do think people are going too far in terms of Minnesota trending down from last year because they should still be 
amazing offensively. And, you know, Justin Jefferson, he won Offensive Player of the Year. I can absolutely see him winning it again. And they added TJ Hawkinson uh, middle of last season, and he made a big impact for them in their offense. They drafted Jordan Addison in the first round, a wide receiver out of USC. And even though they don't have Dalvin Cook anymore, I think Alexander Madison is fine enough to be an art uh starting running back in the league so I still love their offense I don't think they can go 13 and 4 again but I still expect them to be a contender for the playoffs and maybe even win the division again yeah so I kind of agree with like mostly with that outlook but as far as the NFC as a whole I think the Vikings do actually have kind of a decent chance to go pretty far just because uh the NFC in general I think is pretty weak I mean, the Eagles and 49ers, I'd say right now, I would say they're better than the Vikings, but other than that, like, the, who Yeah, else? those two are, like, the pretty much the locks of the NFC to make the playoffs, while everyone else is kind of... That, uh, that was how the standings played out with the, the Eagles and the Niners as the one and two seed, and then the Vikings yeah. come in as a three seed. Right, so, mm-hmm. like, if you look at it in, like, the sense of the NFC as a whole, not the Vikings as, like, a specific team, like, I actually think they do have a decent chance, and I'm not trying to say, obviously, like, they're the best team ever, but, like, I think, like, you know, it's one football game. Anything could happen in the playoffs. Maybe Kirk Cousins will be able to figure it out this one time, and, you know, they could go far, but, like you said, like before we even started recording i was like i don't even know who any of these guys on the defense are yeah <laughs> and one of them i only know who he is because he was on the packers dean lowry but uh <laughs> yeah hopefully their offense i mean hopefully for the vikings not since i'm a packers fan but hopefully their offense uh, is able to just carry them the way that they have because i mean it's kind of surprising to me that they just took another wide receiver in the first round i know they lost Thielen, but like they, their defense was bad. Their cornerbacks were all young, though, so potentially some of them could step up, I guess. Yeah, I, I still love their offense, and I I expect their offense to carry them in these games. I just think that it's going to – it's gonna uh, their defense is going to hold them back at some point, whether it's week 18 if you don't think they're a playoff team or if you do, like I, – I, I believe they're a playoff team, and I, I have them winning the division again, but – I just think, like, really contending for, like, you know, in the a Super Bowl, I just think their defense is just so bad that it will ultimately hold them back. Yeah, I guess I guess I agree with that overall, that they're going to win the division, but they're going to be held back. But I, I can see them beating the 49ers if it's just, like, because uh, the 49ers offense might not be great. Like, Brock Purdy did really well in those nine games, but he's still relatively Still unproven. really unproven. Also coming off an injury. You don't know. Yep. Sometimes mm-hmm. that like long term affects them. So, I mean, you know, well, you never know. But the Eagles, I don't know. They they actually look pretty good still. So <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think the Vikings would have a hard time going through them. But they so, got to get I, through the the Lions and the Packers and Bears first. So yeah, and I I do think there are enough question marks around the NFC and really just the North in particular that it would be crazy to say that you know the Vikings aren't a playoff contender anymore that they don't have a shot at winning the division and that maybe they could find themselves uh, improving in terms of their overall playoff success even if they aren't the same thirteen one team they were last year. They're due for regression. I think everyone kind of realizes that. Just historically, it's so difficult to continue that trend with winning one-score games of any team, yeah. like you said. Having, yeah. having that kind of record with with a negative point differential yeah. is, so, is 
absurd. They were outscored. Yeah, they were outscored by three points last season. So slightly below 500 is what you project them out to be. I think that uh, just Pythagorean record, which basically is just it takes your points scored versus points allowed to kind of determine how many wins you should expect. Uh, They overachieved by 4.6 expected wins. And uh, just going through the numbers of teams that overachieved by just three wins, let alone four and a half since 1992. I think there have been 11 teams. Only three of those teams were able to match their record from the year before. And the Steelers in 2005 declined from the 15 and one record, still won the Super Bowl. I'm going to throw that out there because I love that fact. But regardless, most of these teams um, do take a big step back. And I think it's going to be a question of how far of a step back the Vikings take. Look yeah, at them in particular. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the public is going too far, where they were like, "Oh, they're 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 a fake good team." Like I, they're still very high powered offensively, where they should still be able to contend for a playoff spot or the, the, the division. Sorry. Corey. So <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, really breaking down this Vikings team in general, I do still think their offense is going to be really solid this year. I mean, Justin Jefferson is probably the best wide receiver in the league, and Jordan Addison is a younger receiver that they can bring in to replace Adam Thielen. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think, was a really solid addition at tight end last year. I have questions about um, Alexander Madison being a one-for-one comparison to Dalvin Cook, but it's not like it's, Cook last season was still as it's amazing not, as he used to be. Yeah, so. like Dalvin Cook was not great last year, which is why he's no longer in Minnesota. <laughs> and I think Alec, it's not going to be one-for-one one exactly, but I just... I think Alexander not a significant drop off. It's not a huge drop off. No, no. And I think my concern with the Vikings offense really comes down to Kirk Cousins. Like last season, he was, I mean, like we just said, 11 and 0 in one score games, his career record, 28, 27 and two in one score games. So it just feels like even if the offense continues to be good, I don't know that I can trust Cousins to pull out all these miraculous wins again. I think defensively, they'll probably be a little better under Brian Flores coaching. Maybe I'm just over hyping that addition a little too much in my head Uh, I like that they kind of went a little younger like Marcus Davenport feels like it's a good um, low risk one-year deal Uh, a few other signings that could be interesting there Uh, Byron Murphy coming in Patrick Peterson going out just a veteran cornerback but overall I I don't know I think if the Vikings make the playoffs this year it's going to be more to do with the rest of the conference not being as strong then that's going to be that the Vikings. Too. like that, that's really the way i look at if, it i think if, if they're they a 500 ish team so yeah if they were in the afc i would have serious doubts about their playoff chances but because they're in the nfc and even though i think the nfc south is weaker than the north i do think the nfc north isn't particularly that strong compared to past years and so mm-hmm. that also plays a factor yeah, and I think a lot of it does come down to the fact that, you know, you don't have a team like the Eagles or the Niners in this division. Um, overall, I do think the NFC North, just as a whole, I look at the other three teams, there's a lot of uncertainty with them, but I can see reasons to kind of talk myself into any of them being better and kind of, you know, more on that Vikings level, especially if I just look at the Vikings as last year they were an 8.9 win team. And I think that's kind of similar to to where I would expect them to be this year within that seven to ten win range and it's really going to come down to can they replicate that type of success in one score games or are they going to go almost on the opposite end and see more losses than wins i know so even though that 
Oh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I know what you're saying by like the one score um, games is unsustainable, but at the same time, like they are getting those games done. Like they're finding ways to win. So that, it's, that, you can't just like take those four and point six games away from them because like they that's what I was are just... cl- like clutch, quote unquote, when it matters. I guess. That's what I was just about to say is that even though you know being eleven and zero one score games is unsustainable, it also shows you that they're also a resilient team. So yeah. Even if you expect a drop yeah. off, like they fourth and eighteen, you still got you still got to give them credit for. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, four, fourth, or, or yeah, down by thirty, fumbling at the one yard Colts, line, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, some and, of them, some of them were pretty lucky, but still. well, yeah, but I mean, they won. <laughs> That's what yeah. They did. I know. And and my rebuttal is that that's just not historically what a, a Kirk Cousins led team does. Like you know, we know about Kirk Cousins in prime time. We know about all the clutch scenarios, and I just well, they just got to like, play games at one o'clock then yeah <laughs> you, then you're upset. right i guess that's all it is and you know they, even against the giants in the playoffs like that was a one score game where they were on the wrong end of it and i feel like that type of loss is something that we're going to see more often and even if they go 500 in those games as opposed to 11 no that could certainly still be good enough for them to win this division or make the playoffs if uh the nfc is not actually all that strong but i just I don't know. I don't think that they're just a lock to make the playoffs because they have Justin Jefferson. Like, I feel like their offense is going to take a little bit of a step back. They're going to take a step back in terms of just the, the craziness and like the lucky wins and stuff. And, um, they're a team that I feel like I have like very much on the border line when it comes to making the playoffs because of that. That's fair. I yeah, just, I, I'm, I, I, I'm still really high on their offense. Yeah. It's just, they're, it's just defensively is, is uh, is that that's what will ultimately hold them back from like really doing anything? It's just that for this division specifically, uh, I still think Minnesota is still good enough. I, I agree with Brian. Like I'm still pretty high on their offense. I don't really see much of a reason why they're going to take a step back. Like what they lost Thielen and Cook, but Cook was average, and obviously you could say like Thielen was kind of a- average too. Like maybe Jordan yeah, Addison no, will the, be really good. They're yeah, both Ad- coming. Yeah, no, they're Ad- both Adam Thielen was. Seasons. Anthony was really disappointing last year. And then and Hawkinson's going to like know the offense this year rather than like a midseason trade. Like he could be really good potentially. Yeah. So no, their I, offense could be just as good as it was last year. It definitely could be. I'm not necessarily saying their offense is going to be bad. I just have questions about them being as good. And I think a lot of it really just comes down to the clutch piece of the offense like I think that offensively they could still be good enough and the defense isn't quite as good and then all of a sudden those uh you know crazy like 31 to 27 wins turn into 31 to 27 losses that's fair fair point which is why I don't think they'll go 13 and 4 again yeah (laughs) but I still think they can go like 10 and 7 or 11 and (laughs) 6 it would take a major improvement from the defense I think for them to get to the same level they were last year yeah if they they were going 13 and 4 again yeah, they would have to have the same amount of luck or just mm-hmm. have their defense just take a dramatic improvement. Yeah, uh, and it's not unheard of. Like, there have been teams who overachieved and then were able to kind of play at that level the following season. I just don't necessarily believe the Vikings would be one of those teams. So, uh, with that, let's talk about <laughs> another team in the NFC North, and that is the Detroit Lions. And the Lions. A couple years ago when Dan Campbell came in, their thing was they were this lovable losing team. Dan Campbell was talking about biting kneecaps, kind of exciting the players. They lost a lot of heartbreaking games. They 
put together a few wins down the stretch. But last season, there was a little bit of hype coming into the team. And after a slow start, one and six, they turned things around, started to win games and almost made the playoffs in the end, uh, ultimately going nine and eight and eliminating Brian's Packers in the final week of the season. So after their strong finish, they're getting even more hype this year. Uh, And Dan Campbell, their head coach, is on the record of saying that's getting a little out of control. But do you believe the Lions are actually overhyped or are they well-deserving of a lot of the attention they're getting nationally? Well, any team that gets really hyped up in the offseason, especially if it's a fun, bad team like the Lions, it's it's always going to be out of control. But Look, if you think they're going all the way, then yeah, the hype is going too far. But if you think they can win the division or just make the playoffs, then no, that that's not going too far. Because, you know, you got teams like Green Bay and Minnesota, the two teams that have usually been at the top, more so Green Bay than Minnesota. But, you know, both those teams are more than likely going to take steps back this season. And, and then Chicago, they have... Even though they're sort of on the rise, there's still plenty of holes on their roster too. And Detroit, like they, yeah, like they had some heartbreaking losses, but they also were a team that they, I don't want to say live up to the hype because they still missed the playoffs last year, but there was hype on them being in the mix and they were, and they had a winning record last year. And I still expect they're, it's kind of like Minnesota, but trending up where, like, yeah, defensively, they're still not that great, but I think offensively, they're, still going to be a a very solid team and especially with some of the additions that they made uh to their offense and then um, um, Amon Ra St. Brown I mean he's one of the best receivers in the league already and and Jared Goff is not (laughs) uh he's I don't know he's he doesn't suck I think he's a half decent quarterback now in Detroit and they're they're definitely heading in the right direction and because you know all three teams that they're facing in their division are either taking steps back or and or have too many holes in their roster, I think Detroit has a legitimate shot of either winning the division or definitely being a playoff team. And so so uh, I guess it's a long way of saying I don't think the hype is going too out of control, unless if you think they're like going all the way. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much agree. Their roster is just like a 9-8 and eight team, 8-9 and nine team type of thing. But their offense is pretty legit. I just think, like you said, Jared Goff, he's serviceable. But yeah. I don't think he'll ever get them over the hump. It seems like their team, they're building just like an average team. Like, I don't really see with this, with these people that they're going to go like 13 and four or anything like above, yeah. like, you know, like maybe they'll go 10 and seven, like max or I don't know. But it's, uh, a, it's a team that's slowly on the rise. It's not a team that's going to make this massive jump and be and be you know real contenders but yeah i just, just slowly slowly getting better year and year in and year out with uh with with uh mcdc dan campbell the man uh, <laughs> as their as their leader if they did make that jump i'd say it'd have to focus mostly on their defense because their offense is like pretty good uh supposedly jameer gibbs is pretty good i don't know anything about college football but he's hyped up decently and then their wide receiver room is crazy having marvin jones as a third wide receiver is like pretty legit in my mind uh i know williams is out i guess because he can't yeah, stop gambling but <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's a at some point at some point he'll have to 
you know, he'll he'll make an impact on the field because uh, he, he's only had one catch in his entire career, but he made the most of Went that. Yeah, it was a really good catch. <laughs> but, you know, Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, you know, maybe he'll turn into like a TJ Watt type guy because he's got the talent. He's got the potential, yeah. at least. Maybe not exactly the talent right now, but we, we could see he might have it. Um, he had a great year last year, obviously. Um, so, you know, maybe he'll, also, he'll be one of those yeah, like, like offensive uh game plan wreckers for the other team whatever you want to call them um, yeah I, I don't love them defensively i do think they're better, a little bit better than minnesota defensively maybe not as good offensively but i mean yeah drafting aiden hutchinson last season getting gardner was, johnson too and then I mean, yeah and then signing yeah cdj gardner johnson uh will definitely help mm-hmm. and uh, and cam sutton that too yeah so secondary yeah so like i like their defense a little bit better than minnesota and i, don't know, I, I expect both those teams to be in the mix uh, for a playoff hunt. Yeah, I could agree. I, I think they'll be duking it out kind of for the uh, division win, but I do think the Vikings will pull away. I think the, the I think the Lions will at least be in like in the talks of maybe the. Yeah, win. I, I I think I think they are a playoff team. I I, I would like say a wild card, like a six. Seven. Yeah, like nine and eight. Yeah, like max max like ten and seven. I think um, so too. Honestly, I'm shocked that Brian Wells doesn't think the Lions are Super Bowl contenders, just given how high you've been on them the past couple <laughs> years and the way things ended. I, I see. I don't want to. I, I don't want to be like, oh, like like all they're going all the way. Like uh, I, I want to temper my expectations and not. No, and I think control, that's but, fair. But I do like them. Yeah. So I guess just I do think that they're properly hyped. I think that they can exceed expectations. But I also think it's gonna be difficult for them to live up to some of the highest of them, and not even just like Super Bowl contenders. I, nine and a half wins is their over under this season. Yeah, and they I went think nine they can win nine or ten year. games. <laughs> they definitely can win nine or ten games, but I also think it's gonna be a little difficult for a team that all of a sudden it's like. Okay, in the past, the past couple seasons, the expectations were relatively low. I mean, 2021, they weren't very high at all. And then 2022, they went up a little bit. But I I don't, I think playoffs were seen as the absolute ceiling. And now this year, I mean, they're playing the Chiefs week one, Thursday night opening night. Yeah, and that's probably a loss. Yeah, no, but that (laughs) says to me that, like, there are people who are looking at this team as, like, a legitimate dark horse Super Bowl contender. And I I don't think it's crazy to say. I'm a big fan of Jared Goff. I think their defense does need to get much better, but especially just looking at the NFC like we've talked about it, I don't think it's that crazy for the Lions to be a really good team and take a huge step. I personally think that they're more than good enough to win the division, more than good enough to win 10 games. I do have questions about them getting like 12-13 top of the NFC. See, that's where it goes too far, where I I don't think that they're going to be like some... You know, like you know, one seed getting the bye or anything. But do I believe they're they're a playoff team? Yeah, I definitely believe that. So if you want to hype up that, then I'm I'm in for the hype. But just yeah, like, and I think like, oh, they're going all the way. Like no, uh, like that's where you got to temper the expectations. Well, Court, did yeah, you say? I, there's definitely I don't think it's impossible. They're, but they're def okay. Well, did you I don't say think it is either, that? but it's very <laughs> minuscule. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah, the no, odds, I, Corey, of them getting to the Super Bowl? I don't know what the odds are. I know. No, no, no. What are your odds? <laughs> like, my odds of yeah. the my odds of the Lions getting the Super Bowl. I mean, just going off the top of my head, I would probably give them the fourth best odds in the NFC. Maybe the fifth. Wow. Yeah, I, I was gonna yeah. say fifth. Uh, fourth or fifth. I would say I would put the Eagles and Niners definitely above them, and then I'd put them in the group with like the Seahawks and the Cowboys right below. Yep. That's, Seahawks, that sounds. Cowboys? 
Yes. See, so yeah, mine's really? mine's the same as Corey's, but also adding in Minnesota too. Yeah. To see, and I, I have the lines above the Vikings. Like this is kind of crazy to me. Like I thought that I was gonna have to kind of bring things down a little, <laughs> but no. now I'm like, no, wait. This seems like maybe it's not that crazy to think that they can be one of the top teams in the NFC. But see, I, I think, think I think both right. of them. I think both Minnesota and Detroit are playoff teams, and I think both are going to be in the mix for the division as division champs uh, of mm-hmm. the NFC North. Uh, it's just that a lot of people are going in the negative direction for Minnesota, and a lot of people, for rightfully so, are going the other way positively for the Lions. And I'm uh-huh. I'm trying to temper both of those <laughs> to the point where I still slightly like Minnesota similar. a little bit more, uh-huh. but I still like both teams as teams that can make the playoffs, just not much more. I don't think it's yeah, crazy think- to say that they're like the fourth favorite in your eyes in the NFC, but like I don't see how you could really say that they're that much better than the Cowboys, Giants, even uh, even maybe the Rams. They get uh, Stafford back, you know, maybe maybe they'll or the Seahawks. So yeah, maybe I mean, I, I, it's fair I, I like, to say I, that you I, like them a little better than those I, teams, but they're definitely in that group in my mind, like pretty no, good, I, but not special. Yeah, like if we're if we're I doing if we're doing NFC tiers, like they're not in the tier of. Of, of Philly or San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, and, which I'm but, not putting them there, but my thing but is they're, I'm but they're a believer in, in Jared Goff. That's really what it comes down to for why? me. I put Jared Goff above <laughs> those other guys. I just think, look, I doubted him so much. I think coming into last season, I said Jared Goff is the Lions quarterback for like a very temporary amount of time before they bring in somebody else. And he just overexceeded my expectations and I've fully bought into him. Some people are saying, oh, Hendon Hooker, the third round pick, like he's he's the guy in Detroit. I don't think so. I don't see Jared Goff kind of stepping off this uh, mantle here. I think he's someone who was probably overlooked with the Rams. Uh, you know, like definitely by the end, it wasn't as great as it was on his rookie contract. But I don't know. I, I do like Jared Goff. I think last season he was really good. And I think that the Lions offense can be really good. And if their defense is just a little better with some of those additions they've made, like um cj gardner johnson and cam sutton rookie first round pick jack campbell like that they can be like a somewhat legitimate team in in this this conference i i'm not necessarily predicting them to you know go to the nfc championship game or anything but uh i think it'll be difficult for them to reach a lot of those heights but i i don't necessarily i think i think i think division overhyped or anything i think division round is like their ceiling i would say uh, I mean, that, I mean, probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless if the unless if the that's a realistic but, ceiling. Yeah, realistic ceiling. Also depends <laughs> I mean, on the schedule. The, they could get lucky yeah. and like play two average teams and somehow like get to the <laughs> NFC Championship. But but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, with the, with the Jared Goff, I think I definitely agreed with you that he was like a one year placement like QB just because they could have traded Stafford and uh like he was just the guy they happened to get. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought they would have drafted and replaced it replaced him by now. I will say he exceeded that expectation that he'd be gone, but I think he'll stick around and just be like an Andy Dalton guy. Like, just he'll never get it done. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think Jared Goff can ever get it done. He had that Rams team. He brought him to the Super Bowl and scored, yeah. what, like three points? I know, points? they were three points. Three points, yeah. It was a bad Super Bowl performance, that's yeah. for sure. But... I I hate I hated him in LA. He, he sucked there, but like he didn't. Uh, sucks probably going too far, but like I just. I was never a fan when they he had, like, was good the Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley. Like he, yeah, he had Todd like Gurley Todd Gurley and God. Br- uh, Cup and Woods and like, yeah. 
and he's the no, number one pick. Like this points. dude, I think a, I think a lot of his expectations, like number yeah, one. Yeah, when pick, you factor like, in expectations, like this dude, uh, this dude's the guy. Like no, but but in Detroit, I think he's been a very serviceable quarterback, and he's exceeded the expectations of like what kind of like what Brian just said that yeah he's still hanging around in Detroit and. I think they, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a believer in them being a playoff team this year. It's just that, like, <laughs> I've already said it twice already, but like, just going all the way, like, I, that's, that's yeah, where I'm not that's too much. on them yet. So what would you say they're? Even, even though there's a lot to is, like about their team, yeah. You said divisional round is like their absolute yeah, ceiling. Divisional round is their oh absolute ceiling. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, minuscule chance, like yeah, like the. <laughs> like yeah, NFC Championship game or Super Bowl, like just like uh, realistic ceiling for yeah, me yeah. is divisional round. I I agree with that 100. percent I think the only way, like I said, is that they get to like the NFC Championship is if they just get really really lucky with their two previous playoff opponents and they happen to. Yeah, I mean it, it's an any given Sunday type thing. Like, exactly. You know, like you know, yeah, if you want to talk there, about but... any given Sunday, sure, but. Uh, my realistic ceiling would be, yeah, division round. Realistic floor would be still not making the playoffs, though. Yeah, no, uh, I, I do think their floor, like, things could get a little ugly there if they kind of revert, revert back to their old ways pre, I mean, almost pre-TJ Hawkinson trade. Like, they turn the season around after trading him. I think it's more of a Which is odd because cause he was definitely a weapon for Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's just something clicked. I don't necessarily put it on him, but. I'm a, I'm a believer in both. Minnesota and Detroit as playoff teams, and uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't think there's a huge, uh, I don't know, drop off between the two. I guess even if one team's better offensively and the other defensively. Maybe yep. Hawkinson's just a bad locker room guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I heard he's trying to reset the market at tight ends. So. Yeah. Dan Campbell you know, didn't we'll like him. Big locker room guy <laughs> got rid of the bad locker room guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. They added Sam Laporta in the draft. True. <laughs> so, so yes, maybe. one of many tight ends drafted the high this year. So definitely some high expectations for him. Um, but you know, with that, let's uh, move on and talk about the other two teams. And we have Brian's Green Bay Packers, and we have the Chicago Bears. On one end of the spectrum, you have a Packers team who is replacing a future Hall of Fame quarterback legend for the past two decades, and Aaron Rodgers with. Jordan Love, who was a first-round pick back in 2020. He's been a backup, played limited moments, but he's been given the keys to the franchise, at least for now. And the other team in this division, the Chicago Bears, who were the worst team in the league record-wise last season at 3-14. and But despite having the number one overall pick, they decided to trade it and hold on to their guy, Justin Fields, who they took in the first round just a couple of years prior. So I think that... From the sounds of it, we're both, or across the board, there's a, a lot of love in terms of the Lions or the Vikings being the top two teams in this division, with the other two hoping to crash the party. So I guess with that being said, who is more likely to lead their team to a division title, Jordan Love or Justin Fields? Brian, I would like you to go first. I also wanted one. Brian J- to go first. So 
<laughs> okay. Um, I would say personally, I'm biased. I would give it to Jordan Love, and not because I'm a big believer in him specifically. He might be all right. He hasn't really shown me much. Uh, some people like loved his performance against the Eagles, for example. But like to me, he just did all right. Like one of them was like a ten yard pass to Christian Watson, and Christian Watson just took it to the house. Yeah, he ran the other forty <laughs> yards. Like oh, fifty yard touchdown pass. Like nah, it was like a ten yard pass. But I mean, he made the right he, he, read. He got him open. Yeah, yeah, he made the right. He hit the open guy. So you know, he got him that. But um, I'll, I'll go with Jordan Love. Not out of love for him, but <laughs> but I just think they're the better team out of the two. I mean, the Bears stink. They always will stink. Their offense stinks. Their coaching stinks. Their management stinks. They'll <laughs> they'll never they'll never be good until they get Rex Grossman back. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know the Packers. The Packers have a lot of uh, young weapons, those wide receivers specifically, so hopefully they will step up and bring my guy Jordan Love to the division title um, faster than Justin Fields, who has pretty much no... I mean, I well, I shouldn't say pretty much no weapons, but Chase Claypool, Claypool is not amazing in my eyes. What do you think, Corey? Thoughts on that? I don't miss him in Pittsburgh. That's yeah, and then I, DJ Moore, you know, he makes plays but he, he's not like a top wide receiver either um you know herbert they got they got rid of montgomery uh over there so Her, herbert stepped in pretty well i know i picked him up in fantasy uh when montgomery didn't play he did all right but i wouldn't say that he's like a stud running back like uh like aaron jones level or even aj Dillon level so i just think uh i guess if the question's jordan love versus justin fields it, just based off the team around him, I, I'm going to give it to Jordan Love. I think that's fair. Brian, you want to go ahead now? Yeah, I, I had a tough time with this one because, you know, Justin Fields is obviously the much more proven guy given that he, he's been a starter for a couple of years now and Jordan Love is very, very unproven. And, yeah, like, look, look, there are a lot of holes on that Bears team on both sides of the ball. I think they're getting a little bit better. Like, like I don't think they'll have the number. One, well, I know they traded it, but they did get the number one pick uh, last season, which is what I expected. I don't think it'll be that bad this year because they they have made some additions that I think will be impactful. I, I mean, Brian just mentioned, yeah, DJ Moore, I th- who I think is the best receiver that Justin Fields will get to play with uh, throughout his you know NFL career. But really? I do hate the. Comp- yeah, the best receiver that he's in, in three seasons. In the NFL. Not ever. I thought you were saying like his whole career. Yeah, <laughs> no, not like Ohio State. <laughs> no. No, sorry. Uh, sorry. I should have worded that better. Like, like, in terms of his NFL career. <laughs> I mean, the Ohio State just manufactures like elite stud receiver after <laughs> So no, not not college. I mean, I'm talking about his NFL career. Like he'll probably be DJ Moore will probably be the best receiver that he's played with in the NFL. But, it is a very low bar, to be but, fair. But, but yeah, exactly. And I think I I hate the comparison that oh, uh, DJ Moore for Justin Fields this season is going to be just like AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts last year. I hate that comparison so much. It's uh, yeah. it's not uh, AJ Brown's just so much better of a receiver in every way <laughs> than DJ Moore. Not that DJ Moore is that bad, but. But and Jalen Hurts is a better that QB than Justin Fields. Yeah, and that, and that too. Like it, it, Justin Fields is very exciting player to watch, and especially as a as a runner. But 
there are a lot of holes in that team. Uh, they did draft Darnell Wright in the first round, a tackle that can help their offensive line a little bit, and and DJ Moore, their receiving core, a little bit. But I don't expect this huge jump from the Bears. I still look at them as not that great of a team. And I think, yeah, I, I'm kind of with Brian that like I like, uh, I mean, not love, no pun intended, but I, I like uh, a little bit more what's around in Green Bay for Jordan Love than Justin Fields because – I I'd like to believe that their offense will be more run oriented and lean on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon more in the pa- in the in the running game and then in the passing game I think Christian Watson I mean that efficiency is absurd but I think he's proven that I mean, he's not a number one receiver but like by default for the Packers he's going to be and makes a lot of exciting plays Romeo Dobbs is all right and Jaden Reed's looked pretty decent in the preseason and. They drafted Luke Musgrave, who has shined in training camp, and um, and I think they're gonna have to win more games defensively. But I don't know. Like I think they're a more well coached team as well. If I had to pick, if I'm forced to pick, because I don't like either team to be honest. <laughs> but if I'm forced to pick, I'll slightly lean with uh, with uh, Jordan Love as well, even though he's more way more improving. I just I still think it's similar. Even though I think Chicago is a little bit more improved, I still think it's kind of the same thing where. Justin Fields will be running for his life, find, trying to find guys open, and they'll they won't be the first overall pick team, but I still expect them to not really contend for a playoff spot. I mean, I was looking at this as solely like a, as like kind of an offensive um, perspective because like it was kind of Jordan Love versus Justin Fields, but I think the Packers have a way. They actually have a chance to be a good defense. They they just gotta. They, I agree with that. They have the players. They just never, yeah. for some reason, never ever put it together. But like it, uh, like literally everybody on that defense is like a first round pick, like from top to bottom. I not not like liter- in a literal sense, but most of them, see, I, the Packers are just see, like first round pick I mean, defense, defense, Alexander, defense. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Clark. Yeah, like see, I think Walker, see, just Rashawn Gary, Vanessa. I'd rather have Justin Fields as my quarterback, but. Really? Factoring in the the team situations, the guy can't throw. I mean, I think I, he'll improve a little bit as a throw. I just don't think it's it's going to be like this Jalen Hurts uh, type of breakout where, I, I I even if I expect him to be a little bit better as a thrower, I just think the the AJ Brown Jalen Hurts comparison is kind of absurd. That's uh, fair. It breaks my heart that the Packers and, took Jordan Love instead of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I I think that this is kind of a toss up. Like I do agree with you, Brian. I've kind of gone back and forth on this. I think it's easy to make arguments for both of these. And I do think a lot of it kind of comes down to, I just feel like the Packers are a better team, but I also, maybe it's just more proven, more sample size. Feel like Justin Fields is the better quarterback with the higher ceiling. And uh, when I look at the offense, Packers have a better offensive line. Uh, I think it's going to take a bit of a step back because I think Aaron Rodgers definitely helped them a lot, but they still could easily be a top five, top 10 offensive line in the league. And running backs, I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined are better than the the running backs in Chicago. Like You can easily make the case that Justin Fields is the best rushing threat in that Chicago backfield. He is. No, not, not debatable. <laughs> he is the best rushing threat in their offense. <laughs> so... And then uh, when it comes down to receivers, I do lean more toward the Bears, mostly because the Packers wide receivers are a little less proven. I'm higher on DJ Moore than the two of you. I think DJ Moore 
has played with some really bad quarterbacks in his career and he's been a very successful productive receiver you could certainly make the case that Justin Fields is the best quarterback potentially he's played with you also could have said the same thing about Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky a few years ago now he's just another (laughs) example of a bad quarterback he's played with so uh, when it comes down to it, I do think the Packers defense is going to be better than the Bears. I mean, the Bears defense was awful last year. I know the Packers couldn't stop the run, but at least their secondary, like their pass defense is good. Like they have a good pass rush. And uh, I think that overall the Packers have a higher floor than the Bears. But if Justin Fields is as great as a lot of people think he can be, I think the Bears have the higher ceiling. Yeah, I think that, the Bears that are actually more likely is... To, challenge for the division for that reason i don't know see i would i, I disagree i, I agree the, jordan loves ceiling I, has to be higher because you've never seen him play he could be i mean he I, could be the best quarterback of all time he could be i know there are a lot of Patrick Mahomes <laughs> comparisons to him when he got drafted and no, I, I did crazy. like him a lot that's well, crazy i mean it sounds crazy now i think yeah. so many guys have Patrick Mahomes comparisons none of them live up to it but I don't think it like I anyone saying Justin Fields is like the first or second best quarterback in the NFC right now is just insane. But I don't think that it's crazy to be talking about him as a Pro Bowl quarterback by the time the season is over. If he becomes more than just like this cool, flashy runner and actually is able to take advantage of potentially an improved weapons around him with uh, DJ Moore, maybe Chase Claypool, Robert Tunyon to go along with Cole Komet. I mean, see, DJ Moore, I have some faith in. Because he's been pretty productive with some just yeah. shit quarterbacks. Oh, but, I know. Carolina but, never had great quarterbacks, though. But Jace Claypool is just a career underachiever outside of his rookie year at this point. He's, uh, he's more of a physical talent than an actual productive receiver. So, But I, I do agree. With, so, Corey, we've talked about uh, another division previews about you know teams that have higher ceilings but lower floors. And I actually agree with that last point that if you ask me who has a higher ceiling, like Justin, I would go with Justin Fields. So we're just going to, Brian and I are just going to agree to disagree <laughs> on that. <laughs> but I don't see how you I can just say that. You've never I just seen think, I think Green. Play. I think Green Bay has a, just a better operation. And I don't believe Chicago, even though if I believe they have a better ceiling with Justin Fields, I, I just don't believe uh, their chances of hitting that are great. It's- uh, that makes sense. But like uh, the Packers last year, for example, like Aaron Rodgers did not have a good year. He was very, very average all year. So mm. like Jordan Love, all he has to do is if he just goes out there and is average, he should match what the Packers did last year because they didn't lose anybody else. They're a 500 team. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like if he just goes and plays to that mediocre, I mean, like level that so- Aaron Rodgers played at. Like it's not. The I think two there's a difference MVP between years. mediocre, yeah, mediocre for Aaron Rodgers and mediocre in general. I think Aaron Rodgers no, compared to just... MVP Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Down the stretch, I think he got much better as he kind of developed more chemistry with the receivers, and they became a, a better team <sighs> overall. I don't know. They, they maybe weren't, they weren't beating good teams really. They that beat that the might Cowboys, be part of which it. was kind of surprising that kind of got yeah, them they, rolling they blew out the vikings in week 17 but i, I but know they did kind of take advantage was... of a week schedule yeah yeah, yeah so no, I don't the, know. The, pa- the packers made the right move on moving on from rogers especially especially they got potentially out. two first round picks from it 
Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you can't really count this year's first round pick. They just moved. Yeah, up. you just swap from thirteen yeah, to fifteen. Yeah, but sixty-five uh, percent of the snaps is what Rodgers has to play in for the Jets for them to get a first round pick next year. So I, I definitely yeah, which... think that's for a forty-year-old quarterback who it, like clearly looked like he wasn't going anywhere with this roster in Green Bay. It's better to get a first round pick for a guy who's maybe going to retire yeah. every year. Yeah, right. No, I think it was a great move. I. I do think we've seen some Jordan Love. It hasn't looked pretty, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's ready to go. I think he's yeah. going to be better. I, I think I'm excited to see him play. I've seen enough highlights in the preseason to convince myself that he could be good enough to lead the Packers to division title. I just feel like Justin Fields, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's I had him on a fantasy team last year and won the league because of him, so I'm just uh, going to be a big Fields ditto fan. to that. But, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Justin Fields definitely put up the better – numbers like fantasy wise when you factor in rushing but mm-hmm. but you're mentioning the preseason Corey like I was watching some of the Patriots Packers preseason game and there were the first couple of drives Jordan Love has he was like wow like he blows <laughs> but then he 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 kind of regrouped himself and had some really nice throws so there have definitely been moments like wow this dude just sucks but then there have been moments where he actually looks like an NFL quarterback and I mean, he has a very small sample size. Uh, the that one game he started in Kansas City was so so unfair. Uh, he just, outplayed Patrick yeah, Mahomes <laughs> in that game. He did. He outplayed that, him. I don't. I don't know about that. Jordan Love really sucked in that game. So until Patrick Mahomes wasn't much better. Like I know. Was, I know. That's. I mean, that, that was, was like game. It was a weird. Season. That that uh, was like Mahomes played terrible. <laughs> But yeah. well, I mean, so was not, that like a fourteen to it, ten final score or something? It was thirteen to like thirteen to seven, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm not saying that Jordan Love went out there and went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes on Patrick Mahomes' best it was more day. Patrick Mahomes went it was Patrick Mahomes' toe, worst yeah, day to a, <laughs> potentially a good day from Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It's one of those things where like I can definitely see both of these teams competing and both of them finding their way. I think with the Packers, it's more just they have a better roster around them, and I think Field specifically has a better chance of elevating the Bears roster than Jordan Love does of elevating the Packers roster. Uh, realistically, I think you know Detroit and Minnesota both have to take a step back for either of these teams to win the division, but. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm kind of buying into the Justin Fields hype and that's kind of why I'm leaning him over love for this question. Mm, I'll give Packers 5% chance to win the division bears zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm in the middle of that. Like, do I give the bears a 0% chance of winning the division? No, but it's, yeah, like five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go Vikings one Lions two Packers three bears four. I have the same order as well, but like um, a clear tier of Minnesota and Detroit yeah, and a clear tier I, of I agree. Uh, Green Bay and, and Chicago. I agree. The only way that Packers win is if Jordan Love actually somehow is good, which I'm, I am not sold <laughs> <laughs> as a Packers fan. It breaks my heart. I'm not sold on the guy, but you know, I hope I'm wrong. I think he could be average, but I don't think he's going to be better than average. Hopefully I'm we'll wrong. The last thing I'm going to say is I know they have the same first names, but Ryan Poles and Matt Everflus are not Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I'm not ready to say that their coaching and management blows because those other two guys, they both fucking <laughs> th- Those so. guys were, yeah, like, <laughs> they were I, I don't horrible. love them. I love the I think Matt they Nag- have to be an upgrade to an extent. I, I love the Nagy still conversations. Is he going to get fired? No, no. <laughs> uh, I still yeah. don't love their operation, which is 
why I still side with Green Bay a little bit, even if they're going to take a drop off with Love under center instead of Rodgers, but it's just from their own. Yeah, those down, those, those previ- bad. Their previous their previous Bears coach coach GM. Uh, just what was bad. it, Corey? Uh, Matt Nagy and what was yeah, the other guy's Nagy name? And Ryan Ryan Pace. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Pace. Like those guys were awful. <laughs> it's just yeah, top down, just a poorly run team. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to ever get out of it. Really, uh, relocate to Arlington Park, just become a new new franchise, and they'll be better. So. Yeah, go to Nashua, New Hampshire. <laughs> all right so now let's uh wrap up the nfc north preview with some generic questions that we like to ask uh, at the end of every episode and the first one is going to be who is a new addition to the division that we believe can have the biggest impact yeah so there are two guys on my mind because they play for the same team and they play the same position and they're both new additions uh but if i'm going to decide with one i'll say jameer gibbs uh, as the new addition, I'll make the biggest impact. I think that I think the Lions are going to be uh, not Minnesota good as, as as an offense as Minnesota, but I think they'll will be a solid offense this year. And I think one one reason why I think Detroit can make a a jump offensively this year is is because of Jameer Gibbs. I mean, yes, he's not like I mean, yeah, he's a rookie, and maybe he won't get the touches right away. But I think as the year goes along. He'll become more and more involved in the offense, and I think he's he can be a, a threat in both the ru- rushing running of course, but also in the pass game as well. And 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 Goff can throw to other guys besides Amon Ross St. Brown, and and can check down to Gibbs plenty of times too. So I'll go with him. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. I, I had him as one of my options, and I'll say as much as I don't necessarily love them using the twelfth overall pick on a running back, doesn't necessarily yeah, mean they can't get I some still, good value out of him. Exactly. Like there. I, I still, I still have questions on like using a running back and not like Bijan, like Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. at twelve overall. Yeah, like the number two running back. Yeah, yeah, the number two running back, twelfth overall, uh, who is projected to go definitely much, a, later. Def, much later, like either late first or early second. Uh, I definitely have questions about the value of that pick, but maybe immediately I think he'll still make an impact. I think they should have just uh, rolled with Jamal Williams. Like he was, you know, he's good. They could have used that 12th pick for something else, fill a different gap. Yeah. I mean, it feels kind of interesting if they decide to move on yeah. from him after last season and replace yeah. him with David Montgomery. Maybe it's but... just deceiving because he had all those touchdowns, but they're all yeah, like the one or that two is, yard line. Uh... So it's not like he made some, you know, great playmake play. He has like some great playmaker kind of ability. <laughs> like they're yeah. all just goal line yeah. carries from the, the one or two yard line. I think a lot of it was also just like heart and soul of the team type vibes, and that's feeling it. like that could be a big loss. Yeah, so okay. yeah, it's a, it's a loss in the locker room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, I, so. I think it's fair though. Saying Gibbs is a big uh, addition or big. Yeah, so not not having even yeah losing jamal but also deandre swift even though like he was a little disappointing like you, you certainly needed to add to that running back room after losing both guys so yeah mm-hmm. yeah That's fair. all right you want to go brian sure um i'd say my new addition biggest impact is jordan love does that count as no, a new addition on the team oh but come on <laughs> he's he's a quarter you're losing aaron Rodgers going to jordan before. no i get it yeah. i guess all right we already talked about him anyway but the guy that i hated on or earlier i say dj Moore has yeah. to has to <laughs> has to get it together for that bears offense to do anything because honestly i've watched bears games as a packers fan I, you have to by default and i think justin fields stinks I think he's a great <laughs> running back. 
I think he stinks at throwing the ball. He's terrible. So hopefully for the Bears fans, DJ Moore can get open and Justin Fields can throw it within within 10 yards of him so he can go get it. Now, if, I think Justin he Fields threw a just screen can't pass throw the ball. It. No, he threw a screen pass. Oh, yeah, that, that was preseason, so... He took 60 yards for a touchdown. All right, so it was the worst game, screen pass ever. He, yeah, <laughs> he threw it behind him. It almost hit the ground. He had negative uh, three air yards in that game. Negative yeah. three, and he had, like, he was, like, three for three for, like, two, like uh, 120 yards and two touchdowns yep. by throwing the ball negative three yards. You know, that's, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I, um, I do think that D.J. Moore is going to have to, play a big role in the Bears passing attack opening up and Justin. Oh Fields yeah. If they're going to be any good this year, DJ Moore has to be great for yeah. them to make any sort of noise. Yeah. I guess. Um, so yeah, those, those were two guys that I had written down. Um, I'm going to go with someone who we haven't talked about a ton, kind of glossed over, but in the same kind of vein, Justin Fields needs a receiver to step up. I think Jordan loves needs some of his receiving talent to step up. And I'm going to call out tight end Luke Musgrave, Oregon state. Um, I don't know that he was the first tight end drafted, but a lot of people had him as the number one tight end overall in the draft class. And people say tight ends are quarterbacks pacifiers. So I think he's someone who can potentially be a big help to Jordan love and kind of open up the offense a little and maybe set up some of those bigger plays for the receivers like Christian Watson and Romeo dubs. He's going to come in and kind of be expected to be the number one tight end with Robert Tunyon going out so um definitely excited to see what he can do and feel like if uh you know Jordan Love and the Packers offense is going to be great they're going to need Luke Musgrave to play a pretty big role as a rookie that's a good one um supposedly he's like a super athlete now granted my Twitter feed is filled with a lot of Packers (laughs) Packers specific like Uh, reporting so I might not get the the best reporting but uh, supposedly like they love him. The guys who are going to yeah. training camp and like actually watching practices, they're like, this guy is an athlete, which is huge to have at tight end. I mean, there's really oh, yeah. like there's Travis Kelsey and then big space and then Mark Andrews and then everybody else. And Hawkinson. <laughs> I would, I would yeah, yeah, yeah. You could put him in the Andrews level, I guess. But you know, if Musgrave can be an athletic tight end like that and he's not just, you know, everybody Some else blocker yeah <laughs> yeah right so all right how about a player or coach under the most pressure to succeed so brian mcfee how about you lead us off this time so i wrote down the bears office in general <laughs> i know it's not a player it's a lot of players but and a lot of coaches but like they just need to succeed in some way because they've just been so bad for so long. I think I, you could specifically call out Justin Fields. I think he needs to make some leaps to stay around. I, I As just, a passer, because he yeah, was great last year yeah, when running run, the ball. But like that's not really exactly sustainable because like Lamar Jackson runs around, but he's a way better passer than Justin Fields. Like I, I don't know. Maybe I just see what I want to see. And I'm like, yes, he, he threw a pick. Like, uh, he sucks. Like, I love that he sucks. But, like, I, I just don't think he is very good. I don't think you can win and uh, in the NFL if you only can run the ball around. Yeah, See, I, mean, I, I think he's I a mean, good answer. I have, I have questions about his passing ability, ability too. But 
I definitely believe in Justin Fields more than you do. <laughs> oh, I, I do as well, and I get it. Look, I love it. Put on those Packers fan blinders when talking about Bears quarterbacks. I'm assuming there's going to be another guy in the long lines of failed Bears quarterbacks. Uh, but I do think he's under a lot of pressure just because of all the media hype he's getting at this point, and so many people are just already putting him up there as one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he hasn't really proved it. He has, what, like a 5-20 and career record as a starter? Like, we've seen some cool plays, and, you know, maybe he can turn into Jalen Hurts, but... It, uh, I mean, that's a really high bar to be setting for this guy right now. So Yeah, I'd say that, that puts definitely a lot of pressure on him, for yeah. sure. All right, my guy, um, I'll go with Jordan Love. <laughs> because <laughs> the Packers have had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the past, what, like 20-something years it is now? I don't Or whatever how long they've had Favre and Rodgers for. So it's like 92 40, or 93. Like 90-something. So 30, 30 years. years yeah, whatever 30, it is. 30 years. 25, 30 uh, years, whatever the number is. Like They've had just straight up just two quarterbacks, uh, Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their offense. And now they're going to Jordan Love, who they took in the first round. And they're expected to take a step back this year and – it very likely will happen but like Jordan Love like now's the time even though it's his first year as a starter it's his fourth year in the league so he's been he's had all this time to learn the offense and develop as a as a starting quarterback but uh at some point in the league and now it's his time to shine and if he doesn't if he doesn't pan out this year they're probably gonna move on and find the next guy and just and just trade him or not sign him back, whatever. Well, if he's average it. enough, they could just throw another one-year deal on, say, all right, let's prove it again. So, but still, like you got to live up to Farvin Rogers as the next great Green Bay Packers quarterback. So I just I look at that in a different way because, like, I think having the Hall of Fame quarterbacks almost takes some pressure off of him in a way because. I, as a Packers fan, am looking at him, and I don't expect him to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, three in a row would be crazy. I hope he is, but it's like I don't really put that pressure on Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers or to be Brett Favre. To me, that takes the pressure off of him in a sense. I I mean, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it, but I don't know that everybody does. Like, I I totally get where Brian's coming from with that. It's like, it's not just one quarterback, but it's two. It's like, oh, well, they're just going to nail it again with this other guy. Like, Rodgers sat behind Favre for three years. Jordan Love sat behind Rodgers for three years. Like, I don't think it's, you know, there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure coming into that situation, trying to fill those shoes. And then, like Brian said, if it doesn't pan out this year, he's probably not going to be sticking around very long. Yeah. I don't know. Well, hopefully he listens because supposedly Rogers is always telling him just like be yourself, like don't try to be me. Because I think it's yeah. it's a unique situation because Jordan Love is literally in the same exact shoes that Aaron Rodgers was, except Rogers supposedly is what Jordan Love says is uh, he was actually helpful, unlike Brett Favre who was just kind of like screw you, Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. Even if I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan now, I, he was definitely more helpful to Jordan Love than than Brett Favre was to Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> yeah because because Brett Favre was like fuck you to Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah but Rodgers still was able to watch him firsthand mm-hmm. do what he did so he's still able to replicate it but Rodgers supposedly like would actually go take the time to teach love things so hopefully that works out better for him yeah yeah I mean it, I <laughs> I think it would be crazy for him to live up to those Hall of Fame expectations, but you know, it, it's not crazy to say that he needs to show that he can be at least the, the guy for now. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that you know both of those quarterbacks definitely have a lot of pressure on teams that you know maybe are closer to the bottom of the division than the top of the division. I'll go to the other two teams and. Um, how about head coach Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions? I mean, 2021 expectations were low. 2022 expectations are low. He exceeded them. 2023 expectations are high. It's one thing to be the, the coach who makes comments about biting kneecaps and crying in press conferences and stuff when um, you're under, like you're putting up a good fight and losing in heartbreaking fashion when you're not expected to win. But now that there's an expectation for this team to take the leap and at least be a playoff team this year, if he doesn't live up to it and this team takes a step backwards, I mean, now, Dan now, Campbell now loses you start a lot questioning. Of, now you start yeah. questioning him as a legitimate head coach and not just that that fun you know, person player. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not just that player coach, you know, that kind of that guy that players want to play for, but you know, there's an expectation he's got to prove himself that he can actually be one of the, you know, sharper minds, like one of those guys who can get his team to the playoffs, you know, turn those devastating losses into actual wins, which he did start to do down the stretch last year, but he definitely has a lot of expectation to live up to. And I do think the Lions uh, can very much meet those, but if, you know, this team takes a step backwards and they, they go below 500, I don't think it would be all that shocking if the Lions decide to part ways with him and bring in someone who they can trust more to kind of get the most out of this team. I think it depends how far under 500 they go. Cause if they go eight and nine, I don't, think that that's like unrealistic for them I, I don't think not. that they're so hyped up that it's like an eight and nine is a complete meltdown absolute failure i don't think that the lions expectations are that high it's not like eagles dream team yeah no. <laughs> but you also have to keep in mind lions did fire jim caldwell out for a nine and seven season so i don't think he has to go like five and twelve or something to you know be on the hot seat yeah yeah i guess that could be fair so all right, and then finally, a bold prediction for the division, and um, I I wasn't sure like how bold this call was going to be in your eyes, but I'm convinced after talking about it, you kind of went through your division standings. I didn't go through mine because my bold prediction is that Justin Fields will take that next step and lead the Bears to the playoffs. I'm not going to say he's going to win the division or anything, but I think that he's going to get this team to overachieve and they're going to be one of those top seven teams that sneaks into the playoffs and is not looking like a great NFC. So it's not that bold in the sense that they're going to overachieve and they're going to win five games instead of four this year. (laughs) No. (laughs) That that would be a massive overachievement. So I'm ten and seven. (laughs) I have the Bears last, but I'm higher on Chicago than Brian is. (laughs) Like I, I do think there's a ceiling of them being, even though I think it's really unlikely. I do think there's some chance of being them being a playoff team. I, I will say though, a lot of people are betting Justin Fields to win MVP this year. What? That's not joking. A ton. He's he's like he's like the most bet player to win mvp this year are the odds just like really high yeah it's like 40 to 40 or 50 to 1 i think it was yeah i don't know like what the odds are i assume they've moved better i'm sure yeah exactly i I think they've moved uh yeah that's probably basically the idea is lamar jackson learned how to pass in 2019 and won mvp people are saying if justin fields can do that then he can win mvp i mean it and and then kind of like jalen hurts if he didn't get hurt he probably would right exactly so it feels like a lot for him to follow in those footsteps but I don't think it's crazy for him to take enough of a leap and the team just overall be better and, you know, find a way to get in the playoffs and what it's I not, think it, is it, that it, of a division. 
it really it's really not really it's not that crazy i i just uh I, I still have them last. Uh, it's, but it's it's not crazy. it's not that crazy. It's, it is it, crazy. See, it's, I'm hi- I'm higher than than Brian at least a little bit. On this it's side, not crazy. But... The bears stink. <laughs> <laughs> Justin right. Fields stinks. We'll see. Yeah, he might. They might. <laughs> I love it. My favorite. My favorite uh, quarterback take of all time from from BMAC is still. Still, Jameis Winston will be homeless. <laughs> that was his quarterback analysis on uh, Jameis Winston. Like, do you think when? he'll be good? Do you think he'll be a bust? Like, uh, I think he'll be homeless. When he was drafted or when? Yeah, yeah when drafted. he was drafted. He'll oh, that's some bad life decisions. Blow all his money. <laughs> He's that, homeless that, within five years. <laughs> just Johnny Manziel. Like, yeah, that's still oh, my yeah. all-time favorite quarterback take. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, I was anyway, wrong. he's uh, still in the league. <laughs> yeah, he's still in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he didn't. He did, he still wasn't great. So we have not homeless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a long way to go for that. <laughs> Exceeded expectations. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Anyway, uh, all right. So I think Justin Jefferson will win Offensive Player of the Year again. But uh, looking at you know, look at this Vikings team. They're I think they're gonna be so great offensively, but also so bad defensively that they're gonna have all these shootouts. They play eleven games in a dome. I mean, obviously they play at home in a dome, but they also have several road games uh in a dome as well. So there's gonna be a lot of shootouts for their team. And you know, Justin Jefferson, like I said, he won offensive player of the year last year. He had he led the league in receiving yards at one thousand eight hundred and nine receiving yards, which was sixth all time in a season. Oh, wow. I will I say, yeah, I will say Justin Jefferson does even better, and I will say Justin Jefferson will break the all-time receiving record. Wow. All right. Yeah. He's all, he's just that good of a receiver, and mm-hmm. I think Minnesota is just going to be in so many shootouts that that uh, just given how great they are offensively and bad defensively that uh, I think I think Justin Jefferson can even exceed those numbers that he put up last year. That's pretty bold. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he could. Breaking a record is always bold. I mean, he would need – he would need – so he had 1,809 yards last year. That was 155 less than Calvin Johnson's record. So. 117.6 yards in a 17-game season. And, yeah, and that's, that's another thing. You get, you get an extra helps. game. Yeah. And he played all 17 last year, but uh, that last game, I think he only played like the first half. And, and if yeah, I think Minnesota is going to be – like worse record wise, they're still gonna be have to you know really contend for a playoff spot in week eighteen. Yeah, play that seventeenth game and play the whole seventeen games in every quarter. And so, yeah, well, also uh, Jair Alexander only held them to what like fifteen yards in that game. <laughs> I don't even know how many he got. <laughs> so. It was it was like forty one to ten, right? Yeah, that that week seventeen game was not pretty, but other than yeah. that, he was still pretty amazing all year. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, my bold prediction is not quite as bold as Corey's making Bears making the playoffs. That's crazy. But uh, I'd say that Jaden Reed is going to lead the Packers in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown, receiving touchdowns. Oh, so, um, so, so you're, you're a big believer in Jaden Reed, obviously. I, I think he could put up a good year, but that would also mean that you're really not a believer in Christian Watson. I'm not a big Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs guy. Uh, or Dubs, I they, yeah. I think they, I think they'll be good, you know, like serviceable or something. But I think Jaden Reed's actually going to take over and be number one wide receiver right away. Mm-hmm. And and a decent part of that was Jordan Love needs to find a guy 
And I just don't see Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson. They've been pretty inconsistent with drops specifically. And yep. Jaden Reed, I mean, I, I don't know much about college, but he seems to have good hands. He could be like a slot-ish type guy that is just his go-to guy. Or it could be Corey's guy, Luke Musgrave, you know? You never know. But I, yeah, think... I, mean, I think it really just comes down to someone being able to get open. So yeah, if, if Reed can be that safe option. I, feel like I don't know enough about him to say if that's a good pick or not. I mean, it, it sounds plausible and bold enough as a rookie to lead everybody in stats there. Yeah, I think Christian Watson's just got like one skill and it's just running really fast. Yeah. So <laughs> not like Tyreek Hill where he runs really fast and like runs good Is like routes. Good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my bold prediction. All right. So... That was fun. I, I think we had some really, really interesting conversations there talking about the NFC North. It's it, I, I like having Brian on talking about his team, talking about our teams, because you're very opinionated and you're not afraid to kind of talk us down and make us sound dumb or whatever. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> yeah, challenge our opinions. Yeah, it's great. It's nice when we can all disagree on things. And, you know, we have three people. It's kind of boring if all three of you have the same opinion. So um, anyway, let's move forward now and let's do our draft so for this episode's draft brian you came up with the topic of drafting a tv family and i initially thought you just wanted to draft tv show families like you're just going to draft families from sitcoms but you actually want us to build a family with various tv (laughs) characters and various tv shows tell us uh what went into your head with this decision um not too much really goes through my head, Corey, but I will say that this one, uh, I, we did a draft last year of Nickelodeon football team. Mm-hmm. I think it was football. Um, yeah, it was football. So this one, I just was thinking on the same draft scale. I was like, oh, let's, let's build the family. So I have like a theme for mine. I think you guys kind of do too. So hopefully we don't yeah. all have the same theme. See, it's, it's interesting to think about this one because your picks are kind of dependent on each other. You know, you could just straight up draft your favorite TV mom, your favorite TV dad, whatever. But if it's not like a great family, it's going to, you know, it's going to look weird um, and it's going to sound weird. And I had my doubts about this originally, but I've kind of gone through it and convinced myself this could be a fun one. I know Brian was preferring this over just regular families. Yeah. So, I mean, this will probably be really chaotic (laughs) by the end. Uh, So, there's a part of me that doesn't feel great about it, but at the same time, uh, uh, I don't know, embrace the chaos. And mm-hmm. I guess if we just did TV families, it would just be, I've already told you this, Corey, but it, it'd be kind of just basically just picking the favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, yeah uh, so. Just another, another way of doing that. So like, how about like, and then another thing that Brian mentioned that we, we did uh, Nickelodeon, like top five uh for like football players, like kind of building our own team of like, yeah. oh, this would be a great linebacker or a great receiver, or whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I don't know. We've and we've done a couple drafts where we build uh, our own team, but I will say this one will be the hardest because, like you said, Corey, like we really had not just pick our favorite this and that. Like we gotta, yeah, uh, like have it a. Uh, a good mesh of, of a family. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird concept to say like this person should be married to this person. And these, I know, which kids, is why, but... <laughs> which is actually why I've had sort of a difficult time. I'm like, Oh, I, I would uh, love this for the TV dad. But like, wait, 
this as the TV mom, as married to this dad. Yeah, I don't right. know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess we'll we see how justify, it works out. <laughs> yeah, justify our picks well enough. And, um, you know, this feels like one where you really got to listen to it and can't just look at a graphic and, you know, make the most sense of it. But uh, anyway, Brian, the way we've done this throughout this process has been we've let the guests choose the order, choose where you pick, and choose where Brian and I pick. So, ooh, all right. I will take number one pick, obviously. Okay. And I'll give Corey number two, Brian number three. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually glad I kept the last pick. Who <laughs> was the, for this one? The le- like the one I wanted the least. I. Oh, good man. There, there <laughs> have been right. there have been drafts where I wanted the one pick and. I was glad I got it, but there have been drafts where I'm like, oh, I I hope I go last for them. This is one of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean I I wanted third as well. So <laughs> so is there any order I of like back to back? Is there any order of like yeah. family member that we're taking first? You can you can draft them whenever. And I think the one thing I'll say because I haven't said it yet is we're each going to be drafting a dad, a mom, a son, and a daughter, and then one wild card family member. So that'll be our five. You have to have the general for nuclear family. And then the fifth can be anyone else to, to throw into this family and be a, a central member of this TV show. So curious to see where you guys go with that one. But Brian, you can draft in any order you want. So. Okay. Well, for the number one pick of the 2023 family TV draft... <laughs> Team Brian selects a mom, Cersei Lannister. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cersei Game Lannister. Yep. I don't know if you know where I'm going with my theme from this family, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great okay. family. I do hope it's not all just Game of Thrones characters. No, nope, all, all different shows. All different shows. Yeah, I'm definitely going to attempt to do the same thing. Um, so... I think that the best way for me to present this is by kind of going in order here, which is difficult to do when I don't have any back-to-back picks, but um, we're going to give it a shot anyway. So I'm going to take my dad, and that's going to be um, the main character on one of my favorite TV shows of the past few years, and that is Ted Lasso, head coach, manager, whatever the position of AFC Richmond. I think Ted Lasso is just a great leader. He's a great dad to his son, Henry, but also Henry lives in the U.S. He lives in England for most of the show. So he almost becomes a father figure to a lot of other characters like on his team. Like he very much is a great parent and he's a comedy guy. He's funny, whether it's intentional or not. Um, He definitely has his own demons that he battles. It's not just all positive and happy-go-lucky, but I think that he's someone who I want to start this family with as my dad, and we're going to build it from there. Seems like a little goofy. A little goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm a big sitcom comedy fan, so (laughs) (laughs) we'll see if I venture too far outside of that, but that's where we're starting. All right. My choice is definitely going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with, since I have back to back, this actually helps, uh, cause I'm going to go with a brother and a sister and oh, okay. you guys might think this won't make any sense at all. Uh, we'll see my first pick. I'll go with, uh, Bart Simpson. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely a great character in the Simpsons. Uh, yep. and he definitely adds a lot of humor to the family and troublemaker. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely well, a troublemaker. I, I, I love the prank calls that he makes in that show, or especially <laughs> when he calls. Yeah, especially when he calls most. Yeah, most tavern, most speaking. Yeah, uh, is uh, Chuck there? Uh, last name Strap. 
uh, uh, hold on, let me check. Uh, is there a Chuck? Last name Strap? Jock Strap? <laughs> and then the bar starts laughing. Seymour yeah. uh, Butts is one of them. Seymour like Butts? Uh, <laughs> I got a droopy wiener in my hand. My crotch? <laughs> my crotch? <laughs> Uh, I love I love those prank calls. And speaking of pranks, I think a good sister for Bart Simpson would be Megan Parker. All right, <laughs> she, make, she does. Yeah. She, she does all those pranks with Drake and Josh. Uh, does that throw you off? Uh, that you was my off? that was my pick. I knew I should have taken <laughs> oh, her number man. one. Let's go. I knew it. I knew I should have taken her number one. Let's They're go. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you kind of forced my hand with my picks coming up here, but uh, that there you go. That's a that's a good one. Um, yeah. I yeah that. I think that's I, a great like brother it. and sister combination with the mm-hmm. pranks that they would have. They'd be try to out prank each other. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the family. I'm sure. Like he, it's one of those where like they'll probably team up at times, but there's gonna be a lot of like Megan, just you know the classic Megan from Drake and Josh, but it's that it's Bart in this scenario. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I'm off to a good start here. <laughs> All oh, right, that's well, terrible. <laughs> okay, um, that definitely puts me in a bit of an interesting situation with how I'm going to go with the rest of my picks. But um, you kind of made my choice for mom at the same time as you made my choice for daughter because I don't want to double up on a show. So um, if I, I I can't draft Megan Parker as my daughter, I need to go somewhere else, but I'm starting with my mom. I'm going to give Ted Lasso his wife and Ted Lasso is a football coach, whether it's in America, American football in England association football, that's who he is. I'm going to give him a mom who knows how to be a football wife. And that is Tammy Taylor from Friday night lights. I think she is one of the best TV mom characters out there. And look, she's used to having the, the tough uh, Eric Taylor, like, you know, real man's man. Like he's someone who great dad, great football coach, but he's not like Ted Lasso personality wise at all. Like Ted Lasso definitely laughs and has a a much more positive, happy go lucky feeling than Eric Taylor does. And not even close. Um, And we know that she can be a great mom to Julie. She's someone who's a guidance counselor, eventually becomes principal. I think that she's someone who makes perfect sense for Ted, just given her football um, relationship and life. And uh, it it feels like a good pairing. You know, it's a weird one uh, to start off with Ted and mom saying these two should be married to each other. But I think she'd be (laughs) a good wife for Ted Lasso. And I don't want her and uh, Eric to get divorce but uh you know if that were to happen i'd like to see ted find some some love with tammy taylor okay wow so you're building an all-star sports team family at least well you know <laughs> at least as the, <laughs> that's the mom the and the dad <laughs> that's, the that's not necessarily the goal from here <laughs> oh wow uh you're gonna pick like fat kids <laughs> <laughs> no no but we'll, we'll see where it goes <laughs> all right so i didn't really say much about cersei lannister being my mom because i don't want to thoroughly fully give off the whole theme i'm sure you can imagine where i'm going especially if i said megan was going to be the daughter but i'm going to go dad uh-huh. to pair with the best mom in tv the dad that best goes with cersei lannister walter white the bad meth guy who hates his wife okay. and his whole family <laughs> and his life. I think that's uh, perfect to go with Cersei. They're both evil people who don't want anything to do with their significant other. So now that they're married, right. they don't need to be with their significant other. And they're going to help take over the world together. Walter White's going to supply all of the money. Cersei needs to be rich and she'll do 
anything it takes to get rich, including sell meth to all of New Mexico and Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) So those two, perfect pair. And for their, the grandpa of the family will be Rick from Rick and Morty. Ah, there you go. Yeah, because he can definitely help them take over the world by just being you know, an asshole and magical, whatever you call it, scientists <laughs> going to space and getting whatever he wants. Not not yeah. a problem killing people either when he needs to. Cersei needs a guy like that around to guide her through life. So does Walter White, honestly. It's going to be a dysfunctional family, but they're going to be a family. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting combo. I did have Rick Sanchez as a potential, but he wasn't my like top wildcard pick, so I'm okay with you getting him here. I do think he's a good one to throw in any TV family. Nice. All right. So now it's back to me and I'm going to continue my strategy of kind of going down the line here. And um, I said, you know, this is not going to be a football family at its core. And I'm back and forth on two different characters here, but I'm going to go with one that I just slightly like more than the other. And that is Fez from that 70s show. I think Fez is such a (laughs) funny, eccentric character. We don't know where he's from, but he's going to be there. Uh, Ted Lasso and Tammy Taylor's adopted son. I think both of them will very much love their eccentric foreign son here. Who's just a very funny personality. Um, He's someone who I could probably make a case for any of the kids on that 70s show, which is one of my favorite sitcoms, except probably not Hyde just because the guy who plays him is such a piece of shit person. But uh, <laughs> between between Fez and some of the others, I think he's the one that I want to put in this family. And uh, I can already picture him having a, a lot of love for both Ted and Tammy and maybe like crazy enough to drive both of them a little bit off their rocker from time to time. Okay. So, so he's a good locker room guy is what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, of course. He's, he's definitely going to be one of, he's like, my um comic relief character like you know that guy where it's like okay he's not the main character of the show but everybody loves him so good guy to have around yeah of course all right so my first two picks i went with a brother and a sister uh so i'll go with a mom and a dad okay um uh, for the dad first uh Uh so i the kids i have in the family are they're kind of troublemakers in their own ways so i gotta have parents that are a little bit more responsible and you know keep them in check uh so for the dad i'll go with danny tanner (laughs) from uh full house (laughs) even though he's a little corny i think it was just the most uh caring responsible dad that you could find and uh you know, and in in the actual show, like they didn't have a mom, of course, and so he had to take care of several kids and you know a lot of people in that family. And so, uh, you know, what more responsible dad is there than uh, Danny Tanner? And then yeah. I'll go with he was my backup option to Ted Lasso if I really needed him. Wow. But... Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Okay. And then for my uh, TV mom, I'm gonna go with someone that's also loving and caring and also responsible and also does a great job cleaning the house and taking care of the family i'll go with judy neutron as the <laughs> judy mom neutron. i was very yeah. curious if you're gonna take one of the <laughs> neutrons there. yeah so i got troublemakers for kids but i got uh various responsible uh you know wife and husband in the family wow. to keep them in check no so. they're gonna they're gonna keep the family down they're not gonna take over the world like my family <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh, uh 
Yeah, so those are that's my husband and wife. Keep them grounded. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good combination there. <laughs> I do, like so I do love the um, real life dad and uh, animated mom, like, and then animated yeah. son <laughs> with a real yeah, life real, real life, life daughter. daughter. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, this is like a BoJack Horseman, but like even wilder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mixed with a uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Anyway, my uh, so my daughter here. So I was kind of leaning toward Megan Parker as that kind of you know evil conniving, but also someone who like the parents that absolutely love, just like in the real show, and not understand like what the the brothers actually see from her. But obviously, I can't take her. And then you kind of force my hand with my mom because I was considering Claire Dunphy as my mom, but instead um, I went with Tammy Taylor so that way I could take. Alex Dunphy as the daughter and I was between Alex and Haley here um Haley is played by Sarah Hyland the older one the kind of dumb like on and off boyfriend whatever Alex is a very smart some people call her Lisa Simpson in real life uh to go off your Bart pick and I think the biggest reason why I went with Alex over Haley is because Fez is very horny and Haley is basically Fez's age and I was like this will get a little too weird at times so instead I'm gonna go with Alex the younger daughter and I think she'll be kind of the smart brain someone who i think will get a lot of love from both ted lasso and tammy taylor but i think both of them have their own responsibilities with ted being a coach and tammy being a principal that she'll kind of get some of that middle child syndrome still even as just a younger child and i think that she's someone who i'm a big fan of modern family i do think that's one of the better um sitcoms in uh, network tv like especially these days it's so hard for those shows to keep up with all the streaming services but i like her as a little brother a little sister to fez um i can picture her more as like a true daughter than fez for obvious reasons to, to my couple here but uh i think that she'll be kind of like she can provide some comedy but i think we also need that kind of you know brainy and someone who maybe doesn't love everything that goes on with the rest of her family here Thank Corey. An actual functioning family. I love that. <laughs> I mean, to an extent. Yeah, that is more, I think I'm a little more functioning than, you know, what, what you have going for. <laughs> <laughs> but your family is not going to be there because mine's taking over the world. Yeah, next you're right. Pick. You're right. Uh-huh. So the son that I'm taking is Invader Zim. From Invader Zim, <laughs> his sole purpose on Earth is to take over the world. So, and he's just super mean, and he's pretty smart with his inventions. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, what is his name, Dib, just keeping him down at all times. So, that's my son, sister. So, are Invader Zim and Rick Sanchez going to clash with each other? Because I feel like that's a they that might. could go either way. They could. I didn't really even think about that. They could. I, that's a big oversight but you know like if he they... does kind of feel like a villain in a rick and morty episode so. he does you know rick might kill him but that will keep him on edge <laughs> at all times so. uh, yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a good competition try and try uh, like, you know a free market yeah no, of course <laughs> and since my sister megan would have been a good fit with this is taken i will have to go mm. I couldn't really think much here, but I went with Vicky yeah. from Fairly Odd Parents. Ah, oh, there you go. Just because she's pure <laughs> evil, evil and has yeah, hatred. Vicky. I'm not sure I really uh, am confident in her ability to like further the family's world domination, but I do think she'll just generally fall in line with you know 
Cersei, Walter White, Invader Zim, and and Rick Sanchez. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> a wacky family you have built here, but <laughs> they all are super mean. And <laughs> I don't think any of them like each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Walter and Cersei's uh, hatred for each other works. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is kind of the theme here. Yeah, Cersei's so. proven that she will marry anything that gets her power, uh, and I think Walter will help do that. Yeah, all that right. is such an evil family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you picked a theme and stuck with it. I, I do appreciate that. I kind of uh, tricked you guys into thinking I had a theme with my first two picks, and then just kind of went off the board with my kids and. <laughs> Not related to sports. Um, so just a reminder, Ted Ted Lasso, Tammy Taylor, Fez, and Alex Dunphy. So it is, uh, it's a family that I think is relatively functional for the most part. Um, so who's going to be the fifth one here? So I mentioned I consider Rick Sanchez as a grandpa, but instead I'm going to go with a family dog, and that is none other than Brian Griffin from Family Guy. Give me a dog who talks and hangs out with the family. You know what he does with Stewie? Imagine the hijinks that Brian and Fez are going to get into. And then Ted Lasso, one of his big things, the Diamond Dogs, hoo, 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 give him an actual dog to hang out and join the Diamond Dogs, take them to the next level. I think Brian Griffin is this great dog to complete this family i love that he's not just a, a dog like in some of the other uh shows because they give him the whole talking personality and i'd love to see how it kind of relates here i could see him and alex dunphy having a nice relationship but also her just kind of getting like challenging brian a lot because they're both like very smart and then tammy will probably just be like cute dog but also you know I don't know. Maybe there's not as much of a relationship there from like a fun comedic standpoint, but I think the other three, it, it can definitely work. I like, I like that pick. That actually crossed my mind, picking a dog and Brian Griffin specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was him or Rick for me. So when you took Rick, I had to go Brian. Yeah. So my last pick is miscellaneous. What, what What's uh, funny is that Corey mentioned uh, picking a dog, which he just did. I, I thought about Goddard, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, especially since I you already did picked already Judy. Yeah. Well, I thought or about Judy, t- yeah. picking a different mom and then pick Goddard. Uh, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with a crazy cousin or he's kind of a, who's who was part of the family for the entire show, even though he wasn't a biological son. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Will Smith from Fresh Prince ah, of Bel-Air. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I one. think he would really get along with Bart and Megan uh, as the with the kids. And uh-huh. And maybe even do his own pranks, but just just a really great, uh, just part of the family, really outgoing and and social, and uh, I think you'd also get along with the parents too, even if he's not super responsible. He was kept in check in the Banks family from Uncle Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, and so I think he'd be, make a good mesh with uh, this family too. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, Will Smith is my last pick. Who did you say your dad was? Fun trio of kids, yeah. Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. <laughs> oh, Weatherman. Wow. Yeah. There you me. go. Who's, who's not as... Uh, Mrs. You know, Neutron is yeah. the boy. <laughs> like, they're, they're not as crazy, which is good, though. They keep the kids in check. Yeah. So. You get a so, very strong Nickelodeon Nick at Night family going I know. here. <laughs> with, uh, with Bart. Well, just, uh, it's just that, like... Yeah, I thought about Walter White, but it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, if tech. you want to take over the world, you got to have kids and, and a wife that are just as evil. I'm like, no, I got to have kids that are kind of crazy, but not like super duper evil. While uh, I have parents that keep the kids in check and make sure that they're 
on the straight and forward. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my family. <laughs> yeah, it's not not quite a DJ Steph and Michelle for Danny, but uh, you know, it is a nice trio for him to try and raise. Exactly. So Corey pretty much picked a like middle class white picket fence lives in Kansas with all stars as a foreign exchange student (laughs) yeah (laughs) pretty much everyone my family is in california (laughs) yeah yeah. the dad and the mom are like coaches Uh, of the high school football team or something yeah yeah right it's exactly the high school football coach and the principal so (laughs) and then they yeah yeah. i mean he also coaches a soccer team it's like yeah running around back and forth between both of them always forgetting the rules of the two sports yeah yeah don't seem the most athletic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the dad yeah. will probably get mad at him. Brian's team is uh, just the parents fighting with the kids to keep them in check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It'd make yeah. for a great TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, this is a fun concept. Uh, I, I did kind of enjoy thinking about it. It, it. It's a creative one. You know, I kind of hope that our listeners are able to play along and maybe think of some on their own and maybe come up with better pairings than we did from some of the ones we've thrown out. But, uh, I think in terms of honorable mentions, I didn't really have anyone that's crazy out here. Like I had Drake and Josh, but I wasn't going to take them after you took Megan. I did have Arya Stark as well, just to throw her out there, but I didn't think she was as great of a fit with my family. So You know what I could have done, but maybe you guys would have been against it since it's technically two, two people. But uh, for my miscellaneous, I thought about... Uh... How about uh, Cosmo and Wanda? <laughs> Fairly uh, odd parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got Cosmo for Bart, and then you got Wanda for Megan, <laughs> wishing <laughs> wishing Just against each other. Imagining what the two of good. them would do. Yeah. One, one decimo. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Even just giving them one of them. Like, yeah, just pick Jorgen. Have one, just pick like... Jorgen. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done that instead of Rick. Rick and Zim might clash. That was a good point, Corey. I overlooked that. Yeah. I, I I wanted to take Arya Stark, but then I was like, well, Cersei yeah, and her would Cersei. literally murder yeah. each other. So yeah, exactly. So I know I like the idea of pairing Rick with like Alex Dunphy or Lisa Simpson, being like, we know what he does with dumbass Morty. What can he do with a actual smart, you know, daughter? But uh, yeah, you know, I I didn't end up getting to to go in that direction. So I think if Rick hangs around Vicky then Vicky could be really good because I feel like she is just generally evil and Rick can convince her to do whatever he wants. So Yeah. It does feel like your family is just so much clashing. Are they like a family legally, but they're just all independent, <laughs> like basically going at each other as much as they're going at the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that Cer- could be the thing that holds them back is they're just competing with each other too much. Yeah. So. Like Cersei would definitely live in like San Diego while Walter would be like, Maine as far as he possibly could yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be he'd be he'd be in the meth lab all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this it's a fun topic. I um I had my doubts at first, but I, I, I convinced myself this was a good way to do it. So um all right, that'll do it for this one. So Brian, thank you for coming back, uh giving us some some fun times here talking about the NFC North and I guess good luck to your Packers this season. You know, they're they're going to need it with Justin Fields ready to to step up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Week, Thanks for having week me. Week one. Yeah, week <laughs> one. We'll find out. It is Bears Packers. <laughs> it's not going to be Justin Fields stepping up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we'll see. So, um, yeah, Brian, we're, we're, we're getting close to the end here when it comes we are. to these vision previews. It also means we're getting close to the football actual 2023 NFL season kicking off. 
Week one, best time of the year, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for our guest host, Brian McAfee, regular co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.